This episode of Theories of Americans is brought to you by Toyota. As a proud partner of those who dare to dream, Toyota isn't settling with having them as words on a page. The stories of these Asian American dreamers need to be seen, heard, and supported. We hope these stories will inspire you to chase your own Asian American dream. Welcome to the Asian Americans, the Asian American Dreamer series. We are sitting atop Elysian Park, right next to Dodger Stadium, with the view of downtown LA, talking to director Jane Chen about her work as a filmmaker, and in particular as one of the two directors of the commercials that will air as a part of Toyota's Asian American Dreamer series. And so, Jane, we're just down the street from your home and our beloved home of Los Angeles. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the filmmaking role that you play today. Um, a little bit about me. I was born in Shanghai. I moved to America with my parents when I was five years old, and I grew up in Monterey Park. Um, ever since I was 12 years old, I wanted to be a director, and people kept saying that I can't, hmm. um, which I'm an only child. I'm very rebellious. I'm very stubborn, um, and I love proving people wrong. So the more people kept telling me that I can't be a director, the more I wanted to prove people wrong. So I've just done it all my life, and when I got to college, I chose film as my major because I said I was going to be a director. I'm going to be a famous director and prove everybody wrong. Um, got finished with college, moved back to LA, and I PA'd my way up. So mm. I worked as you know back then when you could have free interns. I was a free intern at like Disney, at like different production companies on the lot. I Craigslisted my way onto、um, indie film sets. I worked as a PA, and I loved it so much. I loved being on set.、Um, and then I did ADing for a little bit. I did camera peeing for a little bit. And I just needed to find my way to become—I don't know—to get the director role. And at the time, I didn't know how to because growing up in an immigrant community like Monterey Park. You don't have connections to, with、mm. the film industry at all,、right. and there's no one to navigate me and and no one to guide me to, you know, how to take the next step. So I had to figure it all out on my own. And when I was a PA on a TV show,、um, I told the director, I was like, "If you ever need an assistant, let me know."、Mm. And he called me up when I was on.、Um, he got a he he got a, a, on a pilot. And he 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 called me and he was like, "You want to be my assistant on this pilot?" I was like, "Yes, thank you for remembering." So I went with him and I was his assistant. And the show got picked up. The showrunner really liked me, and he called me up. Was like, you know, I know you want to be a director, and I know that I'm not a director. I'm just a showrunner, but I think this can help you, you know, help you see everything that goes on and you know、mm. the writing, the writers' room, pre-production, production. Post everything, so I went on, obviously, to become his assistant, and it was really cool because he knew I wanted to direct.、Mm. So I was able to see everything, be a part of everything, and at my free time, because he wasn't like a go get me lunch kind of a、right. boss, which is nice. So on my free time, I was starting to pitch for these crowdsourcing advertising sites like MoFilm and、huh. Tongle. 
again, didn't know how I can get into directing, but I saw a couple of friends on Facebook yeah. get like $500 or $1,000 to do like a little branded spot and something. And I was like, I could do that. I want to do that. So every day at lunch, I would like be pitching on these projects and get all the other assistants. We're like, oh, let's work on, mm. you know, this together. Like I'll direct, you could produce, like you could AD, you could do. Everybody wanted to be something else. So it was I don't know, just great people, great community to all work on these projects together. So I started, yeah, winning some of these, getting like $500, 100 or $100, 300 like not very much money to do these branded spots. And the more I did, the mm. better I got. And um, that's when I went over to BuzzFeed and I did, I was their first female Asian branded director. Oh. Um, so, or, you know, at BuzzFeed did a bunch of branded content. We would do like one to three spots a month, which is insane. Mm. And yeah, and then after two years at BuzzFeed, I started freelancing. So that's how I got here. What happened at 12 years old that gave you the idea and the conviction that you wanted to be a director? Um, my dad pitched the idea to me to get me away from something else. <laughs> yep so which is funny because he didn't think that I was gonna listen mm. he thought it was it was just to distract me so I don't focus so much on this other thing that he really didn't want me to do what was that acting it's related it's related yeah. it's very related but it was again being an only child I didn't have any like sibling or cousins in America mm. so I gravitated towards my friends and neighbors. Whatever they wanted to do or they were doing, I wanted to do. So a neighbor started acting and I was like, I want to act too. And I took, you know, I forced my dad to take me to a couple auditions and I was absolutely terrible. I think it was actually my last audition might've been like a Toyota commercial or something where I like went in deer in headlights and they were like, yeah, you're just sitting in a, you know, car with your dad. And I think I was just like there like, like, I couldn't move. I didn't even smile. I was so terrified. And then my dad was like, I don't think you can act. Like, you don't have that presence. Like, you don't like it. You don't like the attention. But you do, like, control. And ever since I was, like, a first grader, people would say I'm bossy. And it's like, you know, like, people call you bossy. Why don't you embrace that and be a director? And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to be a director. And then, yeah, when people said I couldn't do it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to show you. How did that evolve for you? Because I think when we, in our generation, chased our dreams, we also have to balance what our parents want for us. Mm -hmm. That's still important to us in many of our cultures and our communities. And we can't just say, hey, you know, screw you, mom and dad. I'm going to do my own thing. It's, it's, you know, to varying degrees, depending on, you know, your own family dynamic. But how did you navigate that? At that point, was your father then, did he sort of have to support you in that role? Or was there still a desire, um, particularly being an only child, of wanting something different for you to manifest what their definition of the dream was? So I think my parents' American dream was just to have a business and be very successful and be mm. have enough money to be able to send back to China for relative and family. But they worked, were working class. Um, they worked so much and they were never home. So they couldn't keep an eye on me. They mm. couldn't push me in any direction they never told me to be a lawyer or a doctor mm. they just wanted me to be successful so that everything that every effort they've made and you know my parents sometimes would have like three jobs at once so like everything they've 
they've done to get me into school and after school programs would be worth it. So it was always like, whatever you do, do the best you can. Mm. But then they were just never home. So they yeah. could never keep an eye on me. So I, so the cool thing was I got to do anything I wanted. got in trouble a lot as a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, but there was a period of time, I think between high school and college, a little after college where my parents were like, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you should like, you know, do something else because it's such a struggle to like make money in the beginning. Right. But I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm destined to do. So I'm going to keep going at it and be successful at it. And I think for us, there's an extra level of proving oneself or getting your foot in through the door. You talked a lot about through your journey, not having the right mentors or people who look like you in the room being part of a marginalized community, being a woman, those are all things that are additionally difficult of breaking into an industry or even a profession that doesn't have a lot of people that look like you. Mm -hmm. um, how did you manage your own journey through that, being wanting to be great at what you did objectively just as a director, mm -hmm. but perhaps adding your own touch or your context that only you could because of the additional uh, ideas that you brought or the perspectives that you brought because of who you were? Um, it's a good question. I feel like when I was, before I was a director, when I was assistant, I used it to my advantage because it's on the early cusp of like television, wanting to hire diverse, wanting to hire diverse directors and people in the writer's room that can um, be more inclusive. So because my showrunner was a white guy, um, I was able to be his eyes and ears, give him little insights of like, oh, you know, like, what about like an Asian person for this role? Or mm. like, what about these other directors? Or like my perspective as at the time, a 20 something woman living in LA, giving him perspectives of, of that and showing and proving to people that um, I need to be in this space because I have a perspective yeah. that you don't have and I can help you with. And then when I started directing, it was more finding and casting people who look like us and but not making where it's only about us, wanting for it to be like we're a part of the greater America. So we want to diversify and not just have like token right. characters. But, you know, like I feel like my friend's girl is very, very diverse. And I think I want to, you know, always show that on screen and then telling stories from an APA perspective, but not making it, I think for me especially, not making it only cater to an APA audience because I want everybody to be interested in us. And I feel like if you're only targeting your community, you can't pull everybody in. I think that's a, sometimes a blessing and a challenge, right? We sometimes we get these opportunities to showcase our community, share our stories. But then we often think about, are we preaching to the choir? Mm -hmm. And if people outside of the community don't understand us, who are we actually trying to get the message through? And it's this complicated balance, right? Because we don't want to adjust or amend our stories to make it more palatable for somebody else. We want to be authentic in our storytelling and our being. But I think that is a delicate balance that you and other directors have done so well in getting our stories out. And it's still an evolution. And I think this notion of, you know, APA, Asian Pacific American, what does that mean, right? Because we are, a lot of us, myself, 
you know, being raised to be a proud Korean American primarily. Mm -hmm. And then in this new era of collectivism and solidarity, adopting this new broader identity, how does that play into making sure that everybody has a seat at the table, everybody's stories are told, but also making sure that we can remain authentically true in the ways that we can share our own story? Because mm -hmm. I don't know yours or I don't know our South Asian friends' stories as well as they do. And identities are even more complicated if you are a refugee, mm -hmm. if you're an adoptee, if you are, uh, you know, LGBTQ, all those things add to the layers of that. And so how do you balance that in if you have, you know, one opportunity to get a story out there or how do you, you know, maybe not in a specific case, but as a director, how do you balance those things when the opportunities aren't as ample or as robust as we'd like to be, mm -hmm. to be exhaustive sort of across the uh, representation spectrum, if you will. It's difficult. It's a difficult challenge. I don't want to be in people's face. Like, look at me, I'm the victim, I'm an immigrant, I moved here and people won't give me opportunities. Right. But I think we want to, or I want to create a deeper thematic story that people can connect to and then the other layer and challenge would be the sub story which is the APA perspective. I feel like the film by the Daniels Everything Everywhere All at Once capture that perfectly. Out of all the films that have come out um, in our community recently I feel like the film was so creative so amazing everybody was drawn to it but there's also this immigrant family right. who are struggling and I, I feel like that is like a goal for me to do with my work as well and just to be able to get people interested mm -hmm. and then you start learning about the community and the people within it. And I think another way that movies being celebrated is how it brought people together mm -hmm. of different generations of Asian American filmmakers and actors both behind and you know in front of the camera. Um, so we're sitting in a Toyota car uh, here in LA mm -hmm. sharing stories about our journeys and, you know, both of us are storytellers trying to get our stories out and our community stories out to the world in, in the ways that we know how. You recently directed a commercial for Toyota, uh, part of this series called The Asian American Dream. And you've, your commercial is called 100% Me. Mm -hmm. Tell us first about the commercial. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching this on YouTube or any video platform, you will probably have seen the ad before or after this. So you get a better understanding of what Jane will share, but sort of tell us through uh, your, your vision for the story that you wanted to share and the end product and the message that you hope to get across after somebody watches that. Mm -hmm. So the 100% Me campaign is about a male protagonist who is of APA descent, who was always pressured into a job and a career by his parents. So he lives in this corporate world that he has to, you know, go to go to work in a suit. He and he's bored of his life because he was never able to do what he wanted. He had to always listen to his family and what they wanted. So they pressured him into a certain avenue and the plot twist of the spot is he's sitting in traffic, he's stuck. So this works metaphorically for him and physically. He's stuck in his car, he's stuck in traffic, LA traffic, and it's, you know, the worst. And he sees a way out, he sees a detour that no one sees because there's a lot of cars blocking mm -hmm. the turn. 
and he takes that detour and he leaves and he drives towards the ocean. And he, with his trusty tundra, is able to go off-roading and able to go up these paths that no one has ever gone up which is something metaphorically he's always wanted to do. And when he drives up to this beautiful vista point, it is golden hour, sunset, the sky is beautiful. And he has this epiphany. Um, he rolls up his sleeves and you start seeing that he has little tattoos all over. Mm -hmm. And that kind of represents that of his desire of wanting to be a tattoo artist. He wants to be, to be in this creative field. And then fast forward a couple of years, we pull out from the tattoo and see that he actually had tattooed this sunset onto a customer's form. And, you know, in a couple of years, he has become a successful tattoo artist with his own shop. So it's just to show, you know, everyone in our community that, yes, our parents can push us in a certain direction or, you know, make us doubt ourselves and doubt what we want to do. But if you really really are determined to pursue your own path and your own dreams you just got to do it like you got to follow yourself you got to be 100% yourself you got to follow your passions and don't let anybody stop you thank you for sharing that story and I can tell you you're you're glowing as, as you're <laughs> sharing this story because it, it's you know great work but also meaningful work and hopefully you know living or sharing a little bit of our own frustrations as we were growing up because we didn't see those paths. Nobody told us they existed. Mm -hmm. And our parents told us, just stay stuck in traffic. Trust the process. It will clear out eventually. Mm -hmm. We did it. Everybody's doing it. And just stay in your lane. And I think the metaphors are, are wonderful. Tell us about maybe some of the behind the scenes uh, stories or, or things that happened as you were being invited to participate in this campaign. And what did it mean for you to not create great work for a global brand, but in this particular instance, creating a story for and about our community? Yeah, it was, first of all, an incredible opportunity. Like, as a female Asian director doing a car commercial, like, this does not happen. So the opportunity was amazing. Like, I was, I was so stoked to be a part of the bid and then to have won the bid. And then the behind the scenes, I got to, I don't know, hire other key crew members, not all APA, but very, very diverse crew. And our hero was this, you know, Japanese American man who, this was, this was his dream as well. This is his Asian American dream. He grew up his, in Orange County, his family wanted him to be a doctor or lawyer like his siblings. And he was like, you know what, I'm going to be an actor. So it, it really rang true mm. to him. So hearing his story and letting it pair well with this was absolutely perfect. And then working with our costumer who's Filipino-American, I don't know, just getting the people together and, get, and making us proud and excited to work on this. But again, like creating this project where for our community, so mm -hmm. when our community watches it, you, you can pick up the story and the themes automatically but you can still see a spot like this like you know on sunday football and yeah. and it still makes sense it can still ring true yeah. to other people and other cultures and that was the goal of it yeah. to just cater to all and draw others in to see our community as well i think you know this this idea or this you know storytelling of forging your own path or 
trailblazing or universal stories that I think every culture, every community can resonate with. But it's just a little bit extra special for us because there's a little younger version of all of ourselves saying, man, I wish I had that. Yeah. And, and I think now we, we literally are, are sitting in positions where we can make that happen perhaps a little bit easier. Tell us how you think other younger Asian filmmakers, you know, I have a three-year-old daughter and she loves dancing and singing. And, you know, I want her to be able to pursue whatever she wants. And I have to trust that it's going to be easier for her than it was for you because of people like you and many others who are doing what they're doing, but also making sure that when you are sitting in a position of power to hire people, to open doors and to share even this story here with us today, that you're taking that opportunity to make it just a little bit easier or more approachable for the next person. Mm -hmm. And so how do you think, or how would you like to see the next generation of particularly Asian American filmmakers take what you've done and take it even further? I think, I, I honestly feel like younger filmmakers and younger APA kids are so lucky because right now we're in this wave of diversity. We want to, we're, we're seeing a lot more of people who look like us in commercials, which I, when we were growing up, you never, ever see it. So it's, it, it's pretty incredible now. And I think the key is to not be, not let it get to you and want to be the only APA in the room. Mm -hmm. Because I think just a couple of years ago, people, you know, they want to diversify and you only get one of each. Yeah. You can't have multiple to make sure that we don't get too competitive with each other to help each other open doors because that's so important because again no one's going to hand it to us like it's hard for people in our community to have these doors open for us or even try to open these doors because we don't know too many people in this industry and so yeah i think i think for the next generation just to remember to open these doors for other people to tell stories from their perspective their experiences and you're gonna fail a lot you're <laughs> a lot but the the important thing is to keep going no matter how much you fail in the process and i think dreams are more fun when you do it together dreams are more fun with the help of others and um this job or this path that we've all chosen as creators entrepreneurs sort of solo people in the pursuit of storytelling it gets lonely often. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I, I agree with you. We got to bring others along and you know, there's so many stories to be told. Mm -hmm. There are literally billions in our community. There are billions of stories to be told. And for so long, we've been told that our stories don't matter mm -hmm. and that our stories aren't resonant enough. Well, I think we've proven the market over and over again, that people want to hear our stories. People need to hear our stories. And thanks to people like you, Jane, and obviously the wonderful people at Toyota and our friends at Intertrend for, you know, giving us the opportunity to do this in a way for a brand that's been important for so many in our community to build careers and to have these opportunities. And I think it's so wonderful. As, as our final question, your dreams are not fulfilled yet. Mm -hmm. How would you define the ultimate Asian American dream for Jane? The ultimate Asian American dream for Jane? Um is to create a legacy and to be remembered, to tell stories that will resonate with everybody and have people 
think about those stories in the middle of the night when they're trying to go to sleep. I think just to, I don't know, be as as good as a Spielberg, mm. as an Ang Lee, you know, just to be incredibly successful as a commercial director, to get more car commercials as a film director, as a TV director, just to be able to share and tell more of our stories and be able to open more doors for other people and cast more people who look like us. Awesome. One bonus question. Mm-hmm. Have you had that full circle talk with your dad about actually becoming a director after the 12 year old? Yeah, Jane? he's and now he's like, oh, you know, it's my idea. <laughs> like, I gave you this idea. You're welcome. Like, you're so lucky that I told you that. Or else, like, where would you be now? I'm like, yeah, thanks, dad. <laughs> you actually really doubted me. But, you know, there were like, Again, he was never around, but when he was, there were low moments where I was like, ah, like appearing and not making any money and living at yeah. their house and being like, I don't know, maybe you're right. Like, maybe I can't be a director. And my dad being like, you know, I heard an interview on Ang Lee that he didn't work for like five years and he was just at home. And, you know, that could be you. I'm like, thank you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> like an Academy Award winning director that you are comparing me to. Thank you. I That was my motivation. <laughs> Well, we're, we're glad you stuck through it, Thank and we're you. glad you created this, and uh, we hope you get a chance to watch it. Um, please continue to amplify all of our stories, and if ever you are in a position to give somebody an opportunity to get their first chance at something, I think we all owe it to ourselves, our younger versions of ourselves, and our kids uh, collectively to offer that, uh, particularly if you don't see too many of us in a room. And so. Jane, thank you for making time for us. Thank you for creating your wonderful creations so that we can enjoy it, tell our stories. And best of luck in your pursuit of your Asian American dream. Thank you so thank much, you. Jerry. And a really quick PSA from me. For all the APA creatives out there in advertising, as a showrunner, in writer's rooms, as TV and film execs, open the door for us. I feel like there are so many times where people who look like us don't hire us. But if you open that door just a little bit, give people the chance, I think you will be very pleasantly surprised. Hire Jane. Hire our friends. Let's go tell our stories. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to Jane Chien for sharing her story of her Asian American dream. You can learn more about Jane on Instagram at Jane Q. That's Jane with three A's. Also, thank you to Toyota for their partnership of the Asian American Dreamer series on this podcast. Head over to YouTube to watch the full video version of this episode and check out at the Asian Americans on Instagram to view short-form video highlights. This has been your host, Jerry Wan, and the Asian Americans, keep on dreaming.